The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. Rooms until you just settled into your sunroom too. I remember you did it, did it from a few different places. And we're live. It is Saturday, April 10th, 2021, 5.02 p.m. It is a blonde dog shirt day. Uh, day. It is an overall day <laughs> and Kate's hair is up in celebration of the announcement that I'm about to make. Uh, um, uh, I had a sublime pleasure today. I actually watched our first episode of In Lieu of Fun. And the reason is that today I, as on kind of a lark sparked by a friend of Scott Shapiro's, um, uh, I set up a podcast feed for In Lieu of Fun, which I po to which I posted the audio of yesterday's episode and the audio of the first episode we ever did, which was why I had the occasion to listen to the first episode um, about which I will give thoughts in a moment. Um, the goal here is uh, to A, uh, make the uh, audio archive available since we, I, I suspect that people aren't likely to sit around and watch uh, old YouTube videos of In Lua Fun, but some of the conversations are really terrific. And so thinking it would be cool to have an audio only version of it for people who wanted to say, go running and, uh, or go for a long walk and listen to yesterday's episode for people who'd missed the episode, wanted to uh, watch it or listen to it, I'll say doing the dishes. For those of you who are starting to commute again, I know it's a radical concept, but some people are doing it. And um, so we thought we should have a more form, uh, a more easily accessible, granted you don't get to see the dog shirts or the overalls or the hat when baby cannon destroys the computer or the, uh, you don't get to see that, right? But you can hear the excitement and whatever. So uh, every day, from now on, when we announce the show, we will post the audio of the previous day's episode to the In Lieu of Fun audio feed, the, the podcast feed, which is not yet available on iTunes. It has been submitted, but it is not yet available. And we will also post the next episode from the beginning. So. Today's episode was the first episode. Tomorrow's episode on the audio feed will be the disaster uh, uh, first attempt to have a guest, uh, which was, uh, I think, our greatest tech failure, Kate, which was when- Yeah, we, we like actually were like, well, fuck this. We just can't yeah, keep we just, going. We, <laughs> we just stopped at some point. Like, we're like, so okay, that's the only time again tomorrow. Had a, complete failure on the feed. Um, but uh, Danielle was a good sport about it and, and we are going to uh, do that. 
this will affect the live show not at all. We will continue to do <laughs> the Crowdcast feed and the YouTube feed with the great Greek chorus at five o'clock, except when specifically specified every day. Um, and as you all know, we are starting to think about bringing in uh, other hosts to take over one day a week or uh, whatever. Uh, we will keep you posted on that. Um, but uh, this is just in addition to what we're doing, there will be an audio feed of all of it. Um, uh, it is not yet available on iTunes. It has been submitted. It is available on Spotify, uh, on Acast, and uh, I don't know about Stitcher, um, but I will keep continue to post on the Twitter feed uh, the links to the various uh, audio feeds. So and a bunch of you have been asking about this, and so there it is. Second thing. Uh, this is the first time I've ever gone back and watched a whole episode of In Lieu of Fun. Um, and I have to say, it was kind of awesome. First of all, <laughs> there were no tech glitches the first show. We did the first show, and I think we may have lulled ourselves into a false sense of security because the first show went off flawlessly. We sounded great. Uh, we didn't try to bring anybody on, uh, so we didn't know how that was gonna go but uh, we sounded good. We kept being kind of incredulous that it was working. Um, we, were, uh, we, uh, uh, we were funny. We were completely wrong about what the show was gonna be. We got a lot of things. Uh, what did we say the show was gonna be? I think we thought it was gonna be a little bit more about people's research than it's ended up being. Like, like um, and we had some ideas along the way, like, well, well, True. You said this the other day. You're like, well, it's not bad that you don't read the news every day, KK. It's just bad that you do a daily show about the news every day and don't read the news. And I was like, no, but like, come on. Like, I signed up for a little fun and we were not going to do it. Like, it was not a current event show when it first No, started. that's right. It was, it was, it was going to be a research <laughs> show and kind of like, um, and we, but we started having, so one of the cool things about the first episode is that there is no, and I mean none of the the things we associate with In Lieu of Fun. So it doesn't start out with, and we're live, it's blank day, you know, et cetera, et cetera. In fact, it starts with a kind of extended conversation about whether we're live. Do you think we're, are we live? <laughs> um, did this work? You know, and like that actually goes on for a while. Um, and then and we both seem kind of a little bit confused about like. Um, we were confused. You literally wrote like, like all I had three tweets to go on. <laughs> I'm like, what should I explain? We hadn't talked about it at all. I don't even think we'd had a text message phone call. I think maybe we had, maybe you'd like texted me. I think we we, we did a test run the previous day because I oh, have yes, the video. We did a test of that test. Um, and um, I also want to say we didn't know each other that well. Like we, we've true. met like three or four times. Yeah, and, like, but I'm just feeling about it. I know, but like, <laughs> I just think it's really funny. <laughs> so that was the first thing. The second thing was, um, uh, it's pretty funny. Like it's, it's actually well done. It's, you know, it's totally improvised and it made me laugh a few times. Um, uh, 
Third thing is like none of the memes of in lieu of fun. That like John Bordeaux made our like or made our image out of. Oh, I don't mean just the right. So none of them exist yet. People are asking, will you bring baby cannon on the show? And I'm like, oh, no, baby, that. no, baby cannon's not coming on the show. I also and, remember not knowing what baby cannon was. I had somehow like missed that no, in your Twitter you, feed. No, no, you because you you were the one who said, aren't all the baby cannons stuck in the in, in the Brookings institution? And you oh, were that's right. right. We talked about it. Yeah. Um okay. So so um uh there was that. There was there's no Boris Johnson, you know, murder hornet. Um uh the fact that you're gonna bring like live ant rescue animals on the show is not teased at all. <laughs> um, um, although you did sort of threaten to farm garlic on the show. Um, uh, I, I mean, like, do you just, I just like remember just thinking it was like a thing we were gonna do for a couple of days to keep ourselves well, busy. Like well, that's so, what it just basically was what it like So it was this is interesting. The, the only sense we had of how long it would go is that somebody suggests in the chat, and this is the YouTube chat, because there was no Zoom, there was no Crowdcast, it was just a live stream on YouTube. Someone suggests in the YouTube chat that we should have, because we were talking about, should we have my uncle who lives in Montana on the show? And then somebody says you should have some uh, interesting person from each of the 50 states. And John, and John Bordeaux, presciently writes in, does that mean you expect to be doing this for 50 days? Um, <laughs> and I don't remember, neither of us reacted to that, but- um, I don't read the comments. You were looking at the comments and policing the comments. I was never, I don't remember ever um, getting like more wine. Um, it's been, <clears throat> I'm having a lovely day. It has been so nice here, but the, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember yeah. comparing it to a USO show. That was like the thing I remember saying because I remember thinking like literally of like Bob Hope. We got a lot right about what it would be. We also got a lot wrong. And also there's these cool little things that like tease what become regular features of the show. Um, like what? Well, so um, like like not knowing how long it's going to go on, like um, uh, um, like oh, we have an extended conversation at the end. We need a sign off. I mean, we need some we need something that we do at the end that's like that's a trademark. I don't, I, we'll have to figure it out tomorrow or but something. I, but yeah, but, but I just remember it also being like, we were very religious about, and you, especially you, you just like wanted it to be mostly transparent, all the planning and all of the thought that went into the show. And I mean, I still think that this is actually 95% of the show still happens on the, sh like the planning for the show happens on the show. Um, small decisions I would say we have or like conversations that wouldn't be appropriate for like the things that are like you know off but most of it all happens here and that was like a, something you pushed from the very beginning and then um I will say one thing that I remember which is like 
I'm terrible at public. I don't love public speaking. And the only thing that made this easy was it was like a conversation and it didn't feel like public speaking. So, and so like all the elements of you having a sign in, like we're live and like a news and a monologue and like the end, like none of that would have occurred to me to so ever this, do. So this is an interesting thing that like does not appear at all in the show. We have this recurrent joke on the show about you being inarticulate, which of course you're not. Um, and I'm like, Kate can't get the, the, the outro, right? Right. That whole thing. None of it is in this first episode. The first episode is like, um, so Kate, what should we, you know, like it's, it's, it's pretty businesslike and there's no jokes at each other's expense at all. I still um, don't think we joke at each other's expense. Like no, we're never, sort of ever. We gently, tease each other a little yeah, around like certain there, topics that are there's like no, recurring. There's no teasing each other at all. Again, that's um, because we've gotten to know each other over the last <laughs> three seven Anyway, so I urge you all to go back and listen to it on the you can watch it if you want on the In Lieu of Fun YouTube page, but it is now available on the uh original In Lieu of Fun YouTube, uh not YouTube, um uh, uh, a cast uh, podcast feed. Um, thank ben you, Janine. You ignorant slut. Um, uh, ben, you ignorant <laughs> slut. That was not in the first episode. Um, uh, anyway, all of that is a long winded way of saying we're not allowed to have fun anymore. We are, however, allowed to have an in lieu of fun podcast. By the way, I just want to say one other thing about this podcast feed. Um, one uh, uh, idea that I have for this podcast feed is that. Uh, you know, um, uh, since it's not the live show, we can sell ads mercilessly on it um, without actually interfering with the show. Well, you haven't all. mentioned that to me. Well, I love that idea. Yeah. And so like people great. who want to watch it live can watch it with no ads. But um, uh, uh, so if you want to a help the show, b keep it going and make it sh make sure it is uh, free forever for always and always and always with no ads on the show. One way to do that is uh, promote the podcast so that the hoi polloi uh, who don't come and watch the show live can subsidize you all for uh, uh, watching it as a live audience, which is a better experience for free. So this would be a, an example of the rich soaking the poor. Um, so you go go out, promote the podcast, uh, and thereby assure your own privilege. That's that's the goal. Um, there was something. Hold on, I was going to just say something about the podcast. Oh, Daniel asked in the chat if we're going to edit it, and as far as I I don't know is the answer to that as far as I... There have been a few... I don't intend to edit it at all. There have been a few times uh, where we have edited uh, episodes. episodes before we've... Uh, from the YouTube thing for reasons of taste, propriety, and other factors. Um, uh, and uh, But the, the audio of the episode will be uh, verbatim the audio that appears in our YouTube uh, 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 feed. Ben, are we going to talk about the presidential commission on the Supreme Court? Uh, I think we've And how should. there's a bunch of former in lieu of fun guests yeah, that so are, have been named to it. 
Let's let's talk about it. Um, yeah. Sorry, I just like remembered that I wanted to bring that up because I'm so I just was like so happy. Like I looked at that list and I was like, there is. It was sunny here today and just beautiful. The birds are out. There is like a nut nut hatch making a little nest. Um, there's like these love doves that are literally like love doving on like our deck and are just like grooming each other and like kissing. They're so cute. Um, and the, <clears throat> um, and my dad sent me a note and he said, uh, Jack Goldsmith. Um, so he loves Jack Goldsmith's, um, book about Hofstra. He's obsessed with it. And then he saw Jack on morning Joe and now he won't stop talking about Jack Goldsmith. <laughs> But um, he was like, he just got named to this commission. I was like, which Jack? And he was like, Goldsmith. And I was like, well, what about Balkan? Because he wrote all this other stuff. And then, so anyways, then my dad read me, literally read me the names as I was driving in the car of the people. And I was like, oh, great. Like Rick Pildes got named and Bob Bowers, the co-chair and like, and Jack Goldsmith. And, you know, it just, and there was this part of me, Ben, and seeing that list of just really serious, smart people that felt like the future. Like this was like, this was, this is what I signed up for with government. This is like, I haven't felt this way in so long. I'm sure it's going to be interesting and weird and there's going to be conflicts, but it was just like smart people weighing in together and debating really important topics. I don't know. That was just my feeling. So it's a good group. It's a diverse group. Um, it's a Harvard heavy group. Um, and Duke. So many from Duke. That was weird to me. Um, so I think the um, uh, the the common uh, a common thread here is Bob Bauer, that these are, you know, a lot of people who uh, have um, who who uh, Bob Bauer has worked with, has you know used their their scholarship, has engaged with. Um, uh, look, this is a, a very good move by the president. Um, the president's under heavy pressure from the left to expand the size of the Supreme Court, to do, you know, X, Y, and Z, uh, uh, to entertain sort of court stripping proposals, right? And he doesn't actually have the votes in the Senate to do any of those things uh, without eliminating the filibuster and he doesn't actually have the votes to do that eliminate right the now filibuster, exactly and um and he doesn't have the votes substantively to do a bunch of these things even if you got rid of the filibuster so how do you satisfy the left that you're taking their grievances which are by the way totally legitimate grievances i just want to say um how do you uh uh, do something that um, that uh, takes those grievances seriously, that asks the question, what should the institutional response be um, to what happened to Merrick Garland and the, the very aggressive pushing through of Amy Coney Barrett, but that does it without provoking a confrontation in the Senate that you actually cannot win um, right now. And so one one good answer to that is what if you got a pretty diverse range of thoughtful people who are um, 
who are some of whom are lefty thinkers, some of whom are center right thinkers, some of whom are just out of the box thinkers. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. Jack Balkan's ideas on this are just kind of out of the box. Um, yeah, and, not, with, not without not without serious credential and. and oh no, no, like, he's. And, I mean, and, he's, a, he's right a, and, and thought. Like, it's but, not like you know they're creative and different. No, but, but my point is, yeah. they're not. They're not really either left or right. They're yes, no, 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 no. That's correct. They're just right. kind they're of just, out of the box. But these trying are to all, find, yeah. These are all really serious people, and so number one, this generates a set of ideas and it generates a set of ideas in a fashion that will have a serious intellectual set of credibility with it. Number two, it has, uh, it buys you time. You know, Biden's priorities are not trying to provoke a confrontation over the Supreme Court. They're to try to get an infrastructure bill done, right? They're to try to like deal with COVID. So you buy some time by generating ideas that maybe more people will support after a commission than before it. And by the way, if the commission, if this group of people comes out and says, there's a lot more to be said than the left believes for a nine member Supreme Court, uh, that's actually something that, you know, may be important. And similarly, if this group, a group including, you know, the Jack Goldsmiths of the world um, say, Hey, there's no magic to the number nine, um, and you know what was done in the last administration was so aggressive that it actually warrants a response. Uh, I think that actually would carry weight. It's not going to. Would it carry weight with with um, you know Mitch McConnell? Of course not. Would it carry weight? Nothing's going to carry with weight with Mitch McConnell Cinema and Joe Manchin. Maybe right. And so I I think it's a. It's what a do you smart think is going to be on the election on elections? Like if this board, if this group comes, does come out and say something that's like with enough votes, we we think it's time to expand the Supreme Court. Let's just like say, like, do you think that that? What do you think the effect of that is going to be, just in terms of left and in terms of politics? Um, I don't think law professors affect politics very much. Uh, I know they think they do, but I don't. Uh, but I don't think a commission. Um, but here, here's what I do think. I do think um, Bob Bauer, so Bob Bauer is at one level, he's now a law professor, but he was, he is an, at his heart, in his heart of hearts, he's an election lawyer. He was a lawyer for Democratic Party causes for many, many years. Mm. And that means like he is, um, Who's the he, other co-chair, Christina Rodriguez? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and these are, you should check me on that, but I believe that's right. Okay. Um, and I, I think there's a, um, you know, part of the job of an election lawyer is to think through the, you know, how to make systems work. And that's, I think, a, a very valuable, uh, uh, yeah, Stephen confirms that Rodriguez is co-chair. Okay, it is. Um, okay, sorry. I didn't, um, I didn't, yeah. 
actually have and, Kate, seen and to to and to Pe and to Petra's point that I should that the that I should go and cover embed and cover this. They have another Kate that is going to be the rapporteur to do precisely that. Um, Kate Andreas, who is a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous con law and employment law uh, scholar uh, at University of Michigan. They so I am. So they excited. have a very good group of people that they've put together. And, you know, this is a subject in which it is impossible to be apolitical, but mm -hmm. I do think uh, it is not impossible to be principled and, and serious. And this is a group of people who can be that. And so I, I actually, I, I commend the president for it. I think it's a, it's an impressive uh, it's an impressive approach to this problem. I just, that's exactly, it. I felt like it was what I hope, always hope for from government. I don't have any idea what they're going to say. I just feel like it's the right people to be thinking about it. And I'm excited that they're being engaged by government to think about it in this official capacity. And it's going to be transparent and they're, they're just doing it right too. Like, the, how, like, as you said, with the diversity, but like. And how many people on it have been on in lieu of fun? Uh, <laughs> let me take a quick look. We should have Kate Andreas on. She is tremendous. I, that, that's my own, um, I should have recommended her, but Jack Balkan, Bob's never been on. Well, Bode no, has never been on. But Bob's been on Lawfare Live, which is, yes. you know, and he's, uh, been on the Lawfare podcast dozens of times. So, um, so, so Bob counts. Okay, Bob. Um, I don't know how Heather Gerken is going to have time to do this and run <laughs> Yale Law School, but yeah. Heather is amazing. What, so she's never running, been on LoFund. I'm just saying that. Running like, Yale Law School is it, it currently involves managing the Amy Chua situation. Oh my God! Um, I mean, it's is, always it, managed. It's always and the and her husband situation. So yes, Jack Goldsmith. Um, ding ding ding, and then. God, it's just such a great list. It makes me like all of these names. I'm like, he great. She's great. She's great. She's oh. great. He's great. Um, Pildes, Rick Pildes. Pildes. On, so that's four. Yeah. That's four. And then I think, I think, is that it? I think there's four. Larry Tribe has never is on it and he's never been on, but uh, we could, I should, we should ask, but Michael Waldman, we should maybe avoid Michael Waldman on some day. Sorry. I'm just like, now I'm like looking through <laughs> it for a perspective again. But so four out of not bad. Like one one fifth of that committee has been on in lieu of fun or something. I think. Yeah, it's good. So yeah, it's pretty great. Um, so, uh, I oh, speaking of that committee, before I forget, and maybe to transition to us planning the show, unless you had one other thing to say. No. Do you have something else? Okay. I have to teach in Jack Balkin's First Amendment class uh, on Monday, and I agreed to do that. Like a year ago, so I like before I thought that in little fun would ever conflict with it, but it's from four to six. Uh, so do you want to? And he even very thoughtfully sent me a note to say, Kate, I'm reminding you that you signed up to teach for my class, and it conflicts from four to it conflicts with in little fun. So you're going to have to tell your audience that you can't be there that day. So well, it's up to you. I can either not be there, or we can scoot it. No, no. Let's. Can, does anybody six. in the Greek chorus uh, mind doing in lieu of fun on Monday at six? I don't. And then, yeah. Hearing no objection, it is so ordered. Okay, um, perfect. 
Uh, that's that's the uh, you got you got to say that quickly before the latency allows. Oy, the... oy, oy, oy. Um, there. Okay, so there's um, the other thing is that tomorrow I am headed back. Uh, so I'm going to be, I think I'm going to make the one o'clock train to be home in time for a little fun, but I wanted ah. to know, and I have the mystery guest. You have so the mystery guest. So first of all, do we know who the mystery guest is going to be yet? Yes. Okay. So, um, without asking you to disclose the mystery guest, let's just say, uh, in the event that you are not able to be back in time, uh, you, uh, you were muted. What? No, I just told you the mystery guest was. Oh, I see. Well, you told me <laughs> while, while muted. Uh, so in the event that you were not able to be back in time, uh, um, then just text me the name of the mystery guest. It won't be a mystery to me, and I will host the show if okay. you get delayed for any reason. That will work. Okay. I will give you some I will give you some hints. You know that you know the mystery guest. I know the mystery guest. It's the mystery guest Taylor Swift. No, you don't know Taylor Swift, Ben. You like barely would recognize her if you like crashed into her on the street, like, and just like walked into her. I think if um, I crashed into Taylor Swift, her bodyguards would be concerned about me. And, and so I think <laughs> I'm, there's going like, to be. I've, there's going to be challenge Putin to a fight, and you. And I like, would also say, <laughs> I, I, look, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't know Taylor Swift if I crashed into her on the street, as evidenced by the fact that I just crashed into her on the street. And didn't even know. So exactly. Um, I was anyway, little, that was a little, so, it was a conclusory statement. So, so, <laughs> so, so Taylor Swift will be joining us tomorrow at five. Um, Kate, if you're not able to um, okay. to uh, to be there, just let me know. All right, Monday we have a show that will start at six. Um, uh, so let's move. In lieu of fun to six uh, on um, our on our calendar on our so. calendar. Um, all right, let me pull up my list of audience demand for guests that we have not yet managed to do. Okay, um, I have some that I'm. Okay, we have um, outstanding from last week. Um, let's see, we did. Um, we did Rose Brooks, we did, all right, here are the ones uh, we have. Um, Norman Rule, Ona Hathaway, Chris Krebs, Michael Steele, Katie Benner, Walter Schaub, and Brad DeLong. Okay, so um, hold on one second. So first of all, now that we're officially, we should talk a little bit about the Scott Shapiro co-hosting. Yeah, thing and how we're working that out and what we've been doing. And we actually are just because for logistics sake and everyone's not sparing everyone a long kind of logistic conversation. We are having a call on Friday, I think. Right. With with like with Scott. And so we're going to mm -hmm. figure out how it's all going to work um, and whether we should start thinking about bringing on other co-hosts in a similar manner. But what I want to say is that. For like Ona Hathaway. Scott has written a book with Ona. Like, so like she should, maybe he should like, if we have her on, like whatever day we have her on, maybe we should coordinate with Scott to see if. So um, I think that's a lovely idea. They wrote yeah. a wonderful book together called The Internationalists, 
which yeah. by the way is a serious book. Um, and I know you guys think of Scott Shapiro as a great comedian, which he is, but this is not a funny book. Um, no, and, it's a beautiful um, book and it's so important. And I think what we, but I think what we should do is invite Ona on to talk about the book without Scott. So it'll be like super <laughs> conspicuous that we're <laughs> like having invited Scott to co-host the show with us. We should consign him to the Greek chorus to we like- We should just I mean, like not let him on to, like, and not even take his questions that day. <laughs> no, I mean, well, uh, I mean, yes, maybe, but I was, but yes, but that's But he's true. also maybe. away this week. So let's see yeah. if Ona can do this week and then we'll see if Scott wants to join. Okay. Um, hey, Ona, um, do you want to join Klonik and me this week? On at, in, whoops, my microphone just tipped over. Oh no, it's okay, um, hold on one second. I have someone coming in. All right, we, um, uh, all right, so Michael Steele is now invited. Ona Hathaway is now invited. Let's try um, Walt Schaub. We, we should have Walt Schaub on. And you guys should all retweet these because, um, because audience enthusiasm is often very persuasive to guests. With me and Klonik. The audience has requested your presence. Um, okay, Walt Schaub is now invited. Let's bring Katie Benner back. Um, oh, Katie to talk about the talk, all of the Gates stuff? To talk about Gates. Okay. Um, My mom's Lana. exciting to crinkle an entire bag of potato chips. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if anyone can. It was. She's like, say hi, mom. Say hi. No, come say hi. People want to see you. No, see, see, opposite of me. She says she's very camera shy, and her hair doesn't look good, so she doesn't want to come. Like, <laughs> my mom and I just have just different different standards for grooming. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So, I have very strict standards for grooming. Dog shirts. Not at all. No, <laughs> there must be a dog shirt. It's a well-groomed dog shirt. I, I also yeah. want to point out that it's going to be a really interesting thing to on in lieu of fun to figure out when the dog shirt, when the overalls, when sartorial issues in general, hats, when we first tried to start talking about- we like about lose our minds? <laughs> <laughs> like when these themes of the show first started coming up, when was the first time uh, I had an argument with Pauline in the chat about whether my hairline was receding or not? Um, I remember you got really defensive and no, I was a, like, it's not a question not of defensive, defensiveness. Like, it's, it's just a question of um, it's not great hair now. I have, my hair is almost entirely gray now. Although my eyebrows I love Brown. That. I love it's gray. really it's very it's quite very especially like uh, acute today for some I'm reason. Really, really a little like hope, white caterpillar. I want this one to be entirely gray while this one is still entirely brown. Um uh what was I gonna say? Okay, so um uh there oh someone asked about Kate Week. 
Oh yeah, when is Kate? I also still think Kate Day is gotta happen. Uh, yeah, but like oh, like a Kate party. Okay, so I'm gonna go. So we got Kate Darling, Kate Gage. Kate Darling has her book on robotics coming out, but she's also has her baby coming out of her body like <laughs> very shortly. <laughs> and so she's going to be kind of busy for a while. So Kate Week might have to get pushed off. Kate Crawford has an amazing book on AI that's come out. Um, Jillian York, we should have back on the show. She was on really early and she just has a book out called Silicon Valley Values. Um, Jillian has been working as, as a, as a, as an EFF and the director for free speech EFF on the electronic frontier foundation and has been working at these issues for a very long time and is, has always been, you know, you could have, she could have been turfy and mean to me at any point in this entire, like in me coming into like her field and said, she welcomed me with open arms and she's a wonderful colleague and great thinker on this stuff. So it'd be great to have her. Um, so can we maybe see if I can get her for one day this week? Absolutely. She's in, she's in Germany, which is the only problem. Um, and then um, there was someone that I really wanted to have back on. Maybe it was Rick Pildes. I think we've been talking about him for a while. Sorry, there's a bug flying. We should, um, we should get Rick um, Pildes back and demand that he uh, uh, reveal the Pildes the or Pildes? Pildes. It, Pildes? Um, okay, sorry. Yeah. You I, should get I, Rick back and, and ask him completely inappropriate questions about the internal deliberations of the uh, of the Bauer Commission. <laughs> oh, that reminds me that my judge wanted, said he would come on. Yeah, so let's to, do that this week. Too. My second circuit judge. Well, I'm already doing a, he's already volunteered for a panel on technology in the courts. Um, so really cool fact, really fun fact about my second circuit judge. So this was in 2014. My 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 second circuit judge was completely paperless, which is so rare for like the second circuit, which still faxes memos back and forth to things. So we did fax memos, but there was, but he we did all of our briefs were electronic and all of our like memos to him were electronic. And we were we linked in our like memos that we'd summarize like a case and like where the law was and like what he like what we recommended him to do. Um, we would create internal links to the record and he would be sitting on the bench with his iPad and everyone else would have like 20,000, like all of their kind of stuff in front of them. And he would have, he would have like his iPad and just be sitting there neatly and he'd go to his questions. And in the questions that we'd written for him to ask, we would have linked the internal record and then highlighted in the thing, the thing. So he would just like click on the link and it would just like take him to another document, the internal record. And he would just cite to the... And it made him look like, I mean, it was just like, it was just like a kind, it was brilliant. And he was so far ahead of the curve on the technology stuff. Um, and he, so anyways, it, I'm doing a seminar. If anyone's interested, it's open to the public on the new, tomorrow, Monday night at 7.30 after in lieu of fun show. I'll put okay. a link to it in the just chat. Just to the members of the Greek chorus who are uh, making jokes about Kate owning a judge, all clerks refer to Wait, who said that I was owning a judge? Because you refer oh, to my him as judge, my like judge. My cat. That, oh, that's yes, the no, way that's, clerks that's how you, refer to their judge. To. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's not, it's not, a, this is not, Kate has many eccentricities referring to the judge <laughs> that she worked for as my judge just ain't one of them. It, what's really um, weird is when you have multiple of them, so you have to like differentiate. You're like, my judge 
And then you have to like be like my circuit judge, not my right. district my, court judge. My district judge eats <laughs> cat food, but the circuit judge, you know, doesn't eat. Steven, to your question, how do the judges refer to the clerk? Um, they refer to them as my clerks. My, I would think they will refer to them as my clerks. And my district court judge, and I think a few clerks did this, I think actually Sandra Day O'Connor, I heard also used to do this. When your clerks would have kids, uh, they were they were grand clerks. <laughs> so that was like, <laughs> that was that was a Sandra Day O'Connor ism that I think got it like filtered down in the circuit, but I always thought that was really cute. Um, All right. Should we is it time to go to questions or should we do more show planning? Um, let's just get one more idea so we have like a little bit because right now I feel like I don't know that my judge is going to be able to do it this week. Okay, so I've done I've done now five uh, Twitter invitations. Oh, um, then okay, then I'm fine. Then which, like, uh, oh yeah, I think I was like my mom was in here and I wasn't paying attention when you were inviting people. Um, and so you know, uh, there's a string of wittest tweets uh, demanding people's presence. If the audience uh, could back some of those up, I'm sure we will uh, 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 get the show. But remember, everybody, we're six o'clock on Monday. All right. Yeah. Who is first today? Um, uh, oh, Christopher Argerus, don't use the ask a question for uh, guest recommendations. That's what the chat is for. Um, that goes for others too who are doing this. Richard Wattenbarger, however, is using the ask a question. We've as gone back and forth on this on the when I I'm just giving people a hard time. I know, but it is. I think we have, we're trying to streamline it a little. Hi, Richard. Hello, Richard. Hi. Unfortunately, I was I, I was. I was going to appear as Anton Bruckner, but that just didn't happen <laughs> Jesus. today. Bruckner thing. So it's like joke I do not get. Because <laughs> you've never had to sit through a Bruckner symphony. I don't even know who this person is. So it's like he was Hitler's second favorite composer. Oh really? Yes. Yeah. Was Who's the first composer. one? Taylor Swift. Yeah. He. I mean, Taylor Swift. <laughs> number one, of course, but he could never get Taylor to show up as a mystery guest. So he satisfied himself with Bruckner. Yep. That's uh, <laughs> settled for second best. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you would say that. I actually, look, Bruckner, uh, uh, we, we shouldn't get into this. Richard, this <laughs> is a question or subject that you want to raise. We can have the Bruckner discussion later. Yeah. Kate, we've talked about other people's music. Let's talk about your music. What do you even, do you even listen to music? Or are you, I'm musical. You never, you never, I don't remember a single reference to anything you've been listening to. Um, well, I, there's not like a lot of room for me. To <laughs> Usually you two get going and then there's like, and I don't have like, I'm, I have no, no, no music talent like for playing. And I'm certainly not. Um, so it's very poppy. Like my, 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 so like, um, I go through phases, but um, can't you want to know why? Honestly, I think I've mentioned this in the show before, but why I don't listen to a ton of music um, I, in the early 2000s, like during the peer-to-peer -peer sharing and Napster, LimeWire kind of kazaa type of moment that is very, I mean, obviously like of 
I stole a lot of intellectual property, shall we say. <laughs> that was like before I was Did you get up. caught? Yes, I did Excellent. get caught. Have, have I not told you this? No. So what happened? Oh my God, I was a freshman at Brown and it was in my dorm room and I got, and they turned off my internet. And I got a notice that said the, we have turned off your internet connection at the request of like the RIAA. And uh, I, and I, they said, call this 800 number. And I called the 800 number and they said, and I had been seeding and leeching. So I had like, you know, like, like you're, you know, I'm not, not a selfish person. You got to share, you got to give, you got to like, whatever. And, uh, you, you know, but the way they caught you that, into oystering. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, this is like, this is like, KK walking the lines of things and thinking that the rules don't always apply to now her. Now we like, know why she treats property law. <laughs> no, but like, but this was, I, to, in my defense, I was like, how I was introduced to peer-to-peer -peer sharing. I was 16 years old. And there was literally like, a friend was like, download this thing and you can get free music. And there was like, and it was just like, that was literally like, I just never thought about intellectual. It just was like not a thing, right? And so I was caught when I was 18. And at that point it was starting to be like, but people were also rebelling against it as like kind of a freedom thing. And like, there was like, and pushing back against record labels. So there was like a little bit of protest element to it too. So I was like, it was, the, the, it was not the norms were not solidified and the rules were definitely not like, were like, were clear, but it was not clear how the new norms were going to apply to the rules. Anyways, the RA signed up and the guy, I called the guy, like the, well, whoever was manning the hotline for this. And I said, he goes, <clears throat> how they caught you back then was if you were seating, not if you were leeching. And that was, they were just doing it from one side. So he was like, I just turned off my seating. I just like turned, like, I was like, okay, I'm just not going to send this stuff out into the universe anymore. I've gotten like 500 gigs of music. I don't need more, much more music. And, uh, and um, this guy was like, we need to know that you've deleted everything that you have from your local hard drive. And I said, no, you don't. And he goes, yes. And I'm like, you have no way of knowing that. And he was like, we need you to tell us that. And I was like, I've deleted the 500 gigs of music from my local hard drive. Anyways, fast forward many years. So you I responded had this to this by not listening to music? This yeah, well, seems well, like the no, wrong no, 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 wait for it. The point is, is that I loved music. I had actually made kind of a habit of like getting full, full, like high, high, high quality discographies. Like, so it wasn't like I would just download like, you know, Yellow Submarine. I downloaded every single variation discography and collection of the Beatles ever made in like a really high res and like really good stuff and put it all in like this external hard drive. It was like collecting really good versions of books or something like making my own library. Um, well, fast forward to like, I don't know, it must've been like 2013. John bought me iTunes match. And I don't know if you know how iTunes match works. And this is why I, this is why it's a property story is <laughs> because iTunes match is like, I have volume, a book right here. iTunes match is like, oh, you have this old like version of the people themselves by Larry Kramer. You have this old tattered version of this, of like this book. We're going to throw out your version and we're going to give you this nice shiny library copy that you can use as long as you keep paying for our service. 
And it was the, it's the end of ownership. I mean, it's like a complete story of the end of ownership and they delete it from your hard drive. Right. And after a year, this was like, I was in grad school. I think we had gone back to grad school. It was expensive to have iTunes match. Um, and, uh, my, and, um, I turned off the subscription service and all of my music was gone. It was gone. It was like literally everything I have. I have about 30 songs that I have on my phone that I have like that, uh, that I like have downloaded, but I had thrown out all of my CDs. So even like things that I legitimately bought and up and oh, like God. ripped and upload. So, oh, sorry. So this is like, I literally, so that there is a happy ending to this story. So this has been like five years that I have like literally just not listened to music because I don't have music anymore. And I refuse to, to like buy a streaming service because I don't believe in, it's a long story, but I like owning things uh, like, like, like this uh, because I like being able to share them um, like the way that you would share a book or a record. And so I bought records. That was one thing I did when I was clerking. I bought a record player and I started buying records at the local Goodwill. Uh, and what best find of that was somebody dropped off 35 albums of Dolly Parton and they were a dollar each in the vinyl. <laughs> so I, like, I, like, I was like, $35 a Dolly Parton, please. And I like walked up to, but um, sorry, this is a long story. But the um, the best part of this is we moved back to the house, to, to, to our apartment in New York. And John and I were going through our hard drives and a bunch of stuff and trying to consult. He was trying to consolidate a bunch of hard drives because he has a ton of external hard drives work. And he found an external hard drive of mine that has all my music on it that wasn't touched wow. by iTunes wow. match. And I had lost it to time. And, and so I have it all back. I just have to like figure out how to safely integrate it. I'm trying to find an open source music player. Um, and so this is like, this is, but this is, I tell this story to my property class, um, right down to the stealing music. Because like there is like, it really is a story about like people didn't know how to deal with these changes in technology. And there were in, like ignorant people that were like coming into these situations and not understanding things. Anyway, sorry, that was a long story, but that's why that's I don't write story. Notice how, <laughs> notice how Kate with a great story managed to grab us all by the heart while not answering Richard's question. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, oh, one note, oh, Jim Croce. Paul Simon, uh, James Taylor, Dolly Parton. Um, uh, I love Stevie Nicks. Um, huge fan of, um, huge, huge fan of Fleetwood Mac. Um, I like, and I went to I went to all of the Simon and Garfunkel con well three Simon and Garfunkel concerts when they reunited when they did that reunite reunion re tour, and then um, uh, in kind of my in my own era I actually like Ben Folds Five uh, and Ben Folds and um, I don't know I'm trying to think I'm like I'm like I'm honestly I'm like I'm gonna look at my like oh Billy Joel I love some Billy Joel. Um, I'm not a Springsteen fan, really. I don't mind him, but I'm not like a huge fan. Um, and I love, and when it comes to classics, I, classic music, I just like, I love Copeland and I love, I love piano. I just love any, any, any just like solo piano music. I, so that's what I put on when I'm like, 
writing or studying. I will put on a two hour YouTube like thing of like piano music. That's just like something. There you go. She, finds, <laughs> she answers Richard's question under some duress. The Reverend oh, Dr. Hillary Livingston. Hello. Hi, Hello. your necklace is beautiful. Is that, are those wool balls? Um, so this I got at a fair trade shop and it's wooden beads and they're wrapped in recycled sari fabric. Oh, wow. cool. Wow, so, so pretty. I, I got it on vacation somewhere and I like to wear it because it goes with a lot of stuff. And Are you um, wearing a collar? Yes, I'm, I'm working today because I had to record my virtual church video for tomorrow. I so, didn't know that you, I didn't know that your denomination were collars. Uh, yeah, some, well, some people do, some people don't. Um, okay. But yeah, it looks I nice though. Do. It looks Thank nice you. with the purple. Thank you. So I was recording today, so that's why I look more official than normal. So, um, so my question was, um, since we're kind of going into the period where we might be allowed to start having fun, what are the top three things you both want to do that are fun when you're able to do so? Wow. All right. So the first thing I am planning to do is to take an Amtrak around the United States. And yes, I will bring a Wi-Fi hotspot and do in lieu of fun from the road, including from the train. Yes, Kate and I have arranged for Kate to host the show so that you guys will uh, not be dependent on uh, my Wi-Fi hotspot. Uh, so that is uh, thing number one that I mean to do. Um, uh, I also, um, uh, I'm going to miss um, uh, Tim Miller's face licking parties that he's been threatening to toast. <laughs> um, uh, but, um, but I do think some uh, active socializing, including with people I don't know very well, sounds very appealing. So while I won't be doing the licking the faces of strangers thing, I do think like some, you know, just like social gatherings, including people I don't know, uh, sounds um, uh, uh, very appealing. And then finally, uh, I am uh, really, really eager to actually have my lawfare crew in, in a room together. Um, it's been, um, uh, this period has been very tough on some of them, particularly the ones who are, um, uh, more isolated, uh, you know, have uh, either young kids or uh, no family that they're living with. And I do uh, really look forward to uh, actually working in the same room with them and having them have the opportunity to do that. So that's, those are my three big ones. How about you? I think, well, one, at some point we should tell the story about how I accidentally licked a stranger's face in public. Um, <laughs> Which I've never done. I just want to say there's no, been I've definitely done that. No, so stranger that's actually, face well, that's for another day. But, um, but then, but I was going to say, like, I, mine are pretty typical. I would say I really want to have dinner parties again. I miss them deeply. I miss having small groups together. Um, 
just indoors and hugging and touching each other and like seeing people's faces. I mean, not touching, like I was just sitting on a bench with someone the other day and I could, was like, felt like I could be close enough to them now that I'm fully vaccinated. They're fully vaccinated, even though we're kind of different pods that I could like rub their arm when they were telling me something sad. And it felt like really great to be able to like do that. Um, so like human touching, not maybe not face licking, but like human touching would be nice. And then, and dinner parties. And then the last thing is just travel. I just can't, I'm like, I'm like, I'm just eager to like go back to France to like see friends that I have like not seen that on the other, that I used to see regularly because I traveled so much. And that's, you know, that's pretty much, but the work environment is so desolate right now too, to Ben's point. Like I completely agree. I go into St. John's and we do have, I have met with a few colleagues in person, but it's like at 12 feet distance in the faculty lounge and we're standing. And so it's like talking 12 feet apart. So it's not like the same. Um, yeah, it'll be great when that's normalized, when that's nor a little bit more back to normal. Daniel, in his native habitat, you get the, the next question, the, the penultimate question today. So I guess I have somewhat of a downer of a question and I'm oh, increasingly, <laughs> I'm increasing, yeah, I'm increasingly unsettled by the uh, developments with respect to Taiwan and China. Mm. And I'm wondering whether you guys have thoughts about how the Biden administration should respond. And do you believe the reports coming out of the Pentagon saying in the war games, the U.S. tends to lose if we get in a conflict with China? Um, I do believe those. Um, I think, you know, uh, I, I, look, I'm not a military strategist, but we have been, um, this has been a, uh, a recur reported repeatedly over long periods of time and, um, and by multiple very credible people. And so I do think we should take that seriously. Um, uh, uh, I also think China's behavior in a bunch of areas from you know, Hong Kong to Taiwan to domestic uh, 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 genocide with respect to Uyghurs, um, this is not uh, a country that is uh, resisting uh, nationalist temptations right now. Um, that said, uh, you know, the structure of deterrence with respect to the Taiwan Straits has been quite stable over a long period of time. And I do think the logic of that deterrence is a relatively stable logic. Um, uh, but I do not disagree with your premise, Daniel, at all, that this is something we have to have more than in the corner of our eye. And, you know, if you uh, want to think about, uh, you know, the various ways the world could end, uh, the Taiwan Straits is one of them. And, you know, we just, um, uh, you know, need to be aware that this is, you know, a highly combustible and very dangerous situation and that the Chinese government plays for keeps with respect to Taiwan. 
All right, Tony Kava, you get the last question this evening. Hopefully, less of a downer than the dog shirt. Dog shirt, constellation dog shirt. It's constellation dog shirt. Serious, serious. The dachshund shirt. Yes, that's very um, cute. Hey, thank you so much. Hey, a, a couple things. One is first, I found out after the fact that my wife has a huge crush on Chuck Rosenberg. She says, he's... "Oh, everybody does. <laughs> everybody, ever, 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 too. Ever since this. Nicole Wallace called him human Xanax." Um, yeah, uh, in the middle of the Mueller investigation, um, he, he's had he has a kind of cult following. You want me? You want me to tell you the cutest story about Chuck Rosenberg? Uh, yeah, you yes. really should. Um, so, uh, I suppose uh, I don't think he'll be too upset at me for telling this story, and if and, <laughs> it, and if he is, well, oh well. Um, so How did he find out? Well, you know, some somebody could. Uh, no, I think he he knows I've told this story in public. So Chuck, um, uh, you know, was the for his was the acting head of the DEA uh, for a while. He was, um, and uh, um, and there was this time when Trump um, made this horrible comment about you know not to a group of cops. Uh, he made a you know, said when you when you put a suspect's head in the car, you know, put a suspect in the police car, you know, people hold their heads to protect their heads. Yeah, don't maybe don't hold their heads, right? Um, and he was basically telling cops to rough up suspects. And um uh and Chuck uh did what no other senior law enforcement official then in government, including the attorney general or the deputy attorney general did, which he sent a letter to his staff that said, that's not the way we treat suspects. That's not, those are not our values. We have a code of values uh, uh, and here they are. And the, what the president said did not, uh, did, you know, does not comport with that. And I expect you to comport with this. Um, this uh, immediately leaked to the Wall Street Journal, um, and um, and I, I sent Chuck a note. Um, just said, you know, just want to say I was proud of you, and you know, blah blah blah, and sent him a sweet, like, just complimentary note. And so Chuck calls me um, uh, at Brookings, and you know, he's totally expecting to be fired, um, and completely at peace with get, getting fired um, for this. And um, and so I pick up the phone and and say, hey, Chuck, you know, uh, and he says, does Lawfare need an intern? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was Chuck's reaction to, you know, uh, sending an all staff memo uh, saying the president doesn't speak for our values. Um, <laughs> He was, I've never met somebody who was more at peace with, well, all right, I'm going to get fired. And then the punchline is. He's funny he, as hell. He didn't like, get fired. Yeah. Like they, 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 like, <laughs> they kind of didn't notice it. Um, yeah. And because they, in addition to being malevolent, they are, they were completely incompetent. And so Absolutely. he eventually, in fact, they offered him a promotion. Um, and he, 
uh, reportedly turned it down on grounds that he had uh, rule of law problems with the administration and resigned in his own time um, and has been a television presence ever since. So that is uh, my hilarious Chuck Rosenberg asking me for I thought an you, My hilarious story. one was that I started a, I started an episode of In Lieu of Fun talking to him about his baseballs behind him only to get at the very end as like the coup de grace, a story about him asking Bob Mueller about his baseball. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great like, story. And I was like, Jesus one. Christ, that came around really interestingly. <laughs> I thought I thought Ben's story was going to end with, and that's how he started making me coffee and no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> and you know, he's he he writes for us semi frequently. Uh, he's a he's you know he's a good friend, and he's a good friend of a bunch of people who are uh, associated with Lawfare. But I I was really touched by it was the combination of watching somebody do something, I don't know if he knew, thought it was gonna get leaked, um, but just being just totally at peace with, all right, this was yeah. something that had to be said to the staff, uh, to the workforce, and uh, I'm gonna get fired and that's okay. And then it not happening. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. just one of those. That, um, should have given, that should have given everyone else the permission to go ahead and do the right thing rather than and yet. And yet. So uh, rather than a question, can I just tell a really quick story about my early in lieu of fun experience? Sure. There was a, it was like the first day, first really nice day of spring. And it was in the afternoon here. And I was working out front, which faces west. And it was really hot. And I was listening to the show. I had my phone on the deck. I was in the planters. I was covered in dust. I was covered in dirt and sweat. And uh, you had your friend on, who's the opera singer, who told the story about the her neighbors Maggie, complaining about Maggie. her, her caterwauling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so this was when you were like, "Oh, let's pick a let's pick someone from the audience to have the last word," and you just go, Ben just goes, "Tony Kava, you get the last word." <laughs> And I'm like, ah! And I run over to the oh, porch God. and I fumble I forgot with my that we used to do the I'm last like, word. What's that? That's how we used to, we closed like that for a yeah. while. Where we just we like should revive some... that. You no, should. Ben, so no fumbling... one liked that. <laughs> it died for a reason. <laughs> so, so I was fumbling with the phone, fumble, fumble, fumble. I'm like, I'm covered in sweat. I'm covered in sweat. And Ben's <laughs> like, that is a great last word. I'm covered in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> So that's my old in lieu of fun story. Thank oh, you very really much for good. having me on, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. We are going to leave. I don't it there. even think Tony got to ask his question. Wait, or is that he was said that instead of a he said instead of a question, he wants to tell an in lieu of fun early in lieu of fun story. Oh, okay, great. Then that's um, great. I missed that part. So you must have dropped out. We're going to leave it there. We probably we, but at least I will be back twenty two hours and 52 minutes from now with Kate's mystery guest. And who's the mystery guest? Your mom. My mom, okay. I mean, that's actually not funny because it could be, I got some sun today. You did. Look at like, I'm like, I'm like, my sunburn is like coming out. Like I got a little, sorry, I'm just like kind of realizing that my face is a little red. Um, No, but it's not actually your mom. 
Um, no, I know it's not my mom because my mom can't come on and live a fun right now because of some, some clinical COVID, trials. Because of some she's trials she's involved with. Um, so um, uh, we will be back then, by which time I will have wheedled out of Kate, who the mystery guest is, until Maybe it's my then. mom. Yeah, that's, we would, we would all be into a Kate's mom mystery guest appearance. <laughs> my mom like, wants nothing to do with <laughs> I had like a 45 minute conversation trying to explain what this was and why she would want to do it. And she was like, no, thank you. So, no. so, every, so everybody in the Greek chorus tweet at Kate's mom. Um, yeah, right. It's, it's, it's at clonic mom. Um, no, it's not even, she kept her maiden name and none of y'all know it. So that's like, she's very no, protected. At clonic's mom. Yeah. Oh yeah. But okay. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. At cl not clonic mom. Yes. That's true. And until then, when when we're here with Kate's mother, we don't have fun anymore. But in lieu of fun, we do have a podcast.